Hello and welcome. Today we've got an international flavour and I'm really excited to have in this conversation. We're joined by Dr. Carlos Pedret, who is a specialist in sports medicine. So, hola, Carlos. Hello, how are you? It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, I, that is the extent of my Spanish, so I won't go too much too much into that. But no, I really appreciate you joining and I've been following your career with interest via the Smug team and, um, and various other things on there. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your background and uh, and how you got into this area. So talk to me, where, where are you from originally? I'm from I'm from Reus. Reus is a small is a small town uh, 100 kilometers south from Barcelona. Um, you may know it because uh, there was born uh, Antoni Gaudí, the architect of Sagrada Familia, was born in Reus. So I'm from there, and um, but I'm but I'm working all the time and I'm living in Barcelona. So yeah, the Gaudí architect, strange-looking stuff. Is it? It's amazing, isn't it? So it's, it's got that alien-type look to it, hasn't it? It's it's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really incredible. In in Reus, we have we have several buildings from him. Uh, it's not known as Sagrada Familia, but we have several buildings from him and his and his uh, pupils. And uh, and yeah, it's an it was an amazing guy. And so is that in Catalonia as well, then? Yes, yes. So we we, we won't get into politics, but like, do you, do you class yourself as Spanish or Catalan? Uh, it's a difficult question. Um, I, I, I feel much more Catalan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we we'll, we won't go too much into the detail of that because I know there has been some some serious stuff going on in terms of that. So growing up uh, where you did there, then what made you? At what point did you start thinking that medicine was going to be the route that you wanted to go down? Um, I, I had very clear that I wanted to be a, a doctor uh, that wanted to study medicine uh, since I was very, very young, almost a child. Um, the, 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 the surprise and the thing <laughs> arrived when I started medicine because um, I, I practiced a lot of sports, especially football, and I realized that um, what I really like was not medicine was sports. <laughs> so, so when I finished medicine, um, I started to work as an orthopedic surgeon in a public hospital. And uh, I realized that that wasn't for me. So yeah, I, I, I've been there for six years in a public hospital working as, a, as an orthopedic surgeon, but I, I really didn't like it. So uh, I wanted to find escape to link my medicine studies to sports and 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 it was a little tough <laughs> to reach there <laughs> so in terms of that then so why do you think that you did want to do medicine then yeah the, i wanted to do medicine because uh because I, I like it initially but then um i find it very I don't know how to say it. I did. I didn't like the hospital life. It's like it's like uh, living there. So you, you, if you if you work just in a hospital as a as a normal doctor, you you just have to live in the hospital. The hospital is your family. The hospital is everything. And um, and I, I really didn't want that. 
because uh, there was no speciality in medicine that uh, I found it too interesting to dedicate my whole complete life uh, to do that. So yeah. um, what, what I really liked was, was sports. And that's why I started as an orthopedic surgeon, because I thought that sports and injuries was something like orthopedic surgeon was the, the closest thing, but it was not because orthopedic surgeons in hospital may most of the time are visiting old guys or with with bone fractures or putting some uh, joint replacements and all these things. And, and that was for sure not what I wanted to do. <laughs> So how far into that journey then did you realize actually this is sport is absolutely the route that I wanted to, to do? Very, very, very in the beginning. Yeah, very soon, very soon. Yeah. I, I haven't, in, in fact, here in Spain, when we finish the, when we finish the degree of medicine, we have a, we have a, an exam to decide which speciality you want to, you want to go and depending on your classification in the rank of people presenting to that exam, um, you can choose your speciality or not. So I, I I presented to that exam three times, I think, and I and I dismissed the place that uh, that I had. So I didn't choose anything in all that three years because I didn't like anything. So so I I went to the exam, I passed the exam. I went to the place where people choose and I dismissed my place. So, <laughs> so just because waiting for uh, something and that something came across when I found that there was a speciality which was not a part of the system directly, which was the sports medicine. It was not in the system because it was not a hospital uh, speciality. So you could work in my case as an orthopedic surgeon and in parallel you can you can do the speciality in the university of barcelona for example that was the case okay it was in the in the in the system for sure it was uh, a government speciality so it was the same as an orthopedic surgeon or, or as an intensive care specialist but the way of going there was a little bit different and i definitely go to there to start uh, learning the sports medicine. And so was that a new, was that a new profession then? Was that a new course that you could do? How long had that course been going? Because it's still relatively new over here. In fact, it was a, it was a, a speciality by then. And then uh, after five years, it disappeared. So the government said it was not useful enough for the national system health national health system and it makes disappearing the speciality now we are fighting back to return the speciality to the national health system but for the moment in spain right now it doesn't exist the speciality right really yeah so when did that become when did that get uh, dispelled then um i really don't know i think i find um looking for the specialities, I find that there was the possibility in the University of Barcelona to make that specialty without uh, without leaving your work. So you can work and make the specialty. And that was just for a period of, of five or six years. Then uh, it disappears again. 
uh, and now we have no speciality. So we are very few people that have the official speciality of a sports medicine in Spain. Right. And then in terms of the sports that you played then, that you were interested in originally, what was what were the main ones that you liked? Uh, especially football. Especially football. I played it when I was much younger. <laughs> and uh, And I really like it. I really like it. I understand the sports. I like all kinds of sports because I think that if you don't understand the sport, the position of the players, how they play, how they how they can feel the efforts that they have to do and all these things, you cannot be a, a, a good professional in a sports science. So I like to see sports. I look all the matches to all the teams I assess. So to know the players, to know how they play, to know where the positions, how the tactics are. So to know and to understand every team, what's what's doing to better assess them uh, in an individualized way. So, but, but my favorite for sure is football. And then do you like, because you're involved in this, did you, do, have you had a team that you follow all the time or do you try and remain neutral now? I have a team since my childhood, which is Football Club Barcelona, because I'm from there and I'm, I collaborated with them some years. Um, but but I'm, now I'm trying to be very, very neutral with all other teams. Of course, you have some kind of affection with the teams you, you collaborate with. Uh, that's natural. But for sure, um, uh, I try to remain completely neutral except that in Football Club Barcelona, because it's for my childhood team. It's, that's very difficult to, to change. <laughs> yeah. And then just from like your own personal perspective, then, who are the players that you remember when you were, like, whether a child or whatever, who were the main Barcelona players? Because they've had some incredible players and teams over the years. Yeah, uh, I have to say that... Um, uh, it was not when I was a child because uh, Barcelona, when I was a child, was a very random team. But um, uh, I remember when Johan Cruyff uh, arrived to the to Barcelona as a coach, and from them, from there, it changes everything in Football Club Barcelona. So we passed from a random team in Spain that gained that just gained one league every 10 years uh, to be a winner team, just by philosophy. So I think that it's not about the players. Uh, I remember mostly when the philosophy uh, changes completely the club. And that was that was mainly due to Johan Cruyff. So that was people like Kuman and Stoichkov and, and and that era, wasn't it? Like the the nineties when they won the European Cup in was it ninety one? Ninety two, yeah. Ninety two, yeah. Yeah, that that was that was the period. That was the yeah. period. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's incredible. I, that's sort of my. I remember that team growing up and the, the beating Sampdoria in the final at Wembley. Exactly, exactly, with a Kuman goal, free kick. Kuman. Free classic, classic Koeman free kick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then for you then, so when you, you were doing your sports medicine and how, what, what, were, what were the opportunities at that point? Like, were there many opportunities within sport that you could really see? No, um, it was it was really difficult. It was really difficult. In, in fact, it was, I think, being 
no, not myself, but um, I was in the in the right time in uh, at the at the right place because I was working in a in an amateur team, a basketball team in in Tarragona with a with a colleague of mine in the hospital, another orthopedic surgeon, and we worked there just just for fun because they had no money, um, and I started to collect uh, all the injuries that was that was around year 2000 i think something like that uh and i we started to collect all all the injuries in the season in a basketball team it was in the in the second division of the of the spanish of the spanish league in basketball and i started to collect that and as as an epidemiologic uh, study but but just just for me to know what's going on in the team no no i, I didn't know that there were conducted by the FIFA and UEFA studies and epidemiology and all these things. So I started to do that just for my knowledge. And uh, this colleague of mine that worked with me went to, a, went to a national congress of basketball teams and presented my results um, without, without saying to me. <laughs> but he presented the results of these studies and and that gained the attention of uh, of Football Club Barcelona that was there, and uh, and and that guy, which name is uh, Dr. Garcia Forcada, a very very good friend of mine, said, um, "Oh, I'm just presenting the results of a thing that my colleague done has done." So, uh, and then Football Club Barcelona contacted me just to collaborate a little bit with them, and and this how is how I started. So I started in some uh, research areas with Football Club Barcelona, and then uh, from there it was step by step, very slowly. All in my life has been very slowly. <laughs> so, um, and I started like this. But but it was sorry. It it was not a thing that I was knocking doors to say hello. I'm a sports medicine specialist. I want to work in professional sports. No, that came that came just uh, maybe 10, 12 years ago. Right. I'm, I'm now 44. So uh, when I was 30, 31, 32, I started with professional sports and again, slowly and step by step. So what was that like then when Barcelona say we want you to come and do this study? How did that feel bearing in mind your background and like you were a fan and you you're obsessed with sports, it sounds like? It was good. At first, first I, I didn't believe so much because I was working, and they say, "Can we meet? Uh, we have we have seen your study with uh, with the basketball team in Tarragona, and we are interested in the way how you per how you perform that study and all these things." And I just went there. I meet some guys there, and they say, "Okay, can you try to do that with some of our um, junior teams or something like this, or just help us here in some aspects?" But but it was nothing about visiting players or something like this. It was just around just review some kind of work, and I started with that. So it was not uh, so shocking at that time. So it was like, okay, it's a way to how. To start to collaborate with some professional club more than more than I I am doing right now. So let, why not? Let's try to do that. And what else? So you were doing the job at basketball, and what what was that your main job, or did you work in the hospital as well, or what what, were you, what was your role at that point? 
No, it was it was all mixed. Um, I was working at the hospital because, as, as I said, in this club there was no money at all, so our payment was zero. <laughs> so we do it we do it just for fun, and because we we like sports, and and at that point it was the only way that I could uh, visit professional sportsmen, because they were professional. They 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 earn money. Um, and they were in the second Spanish division of basketball. So they were professional players and they were training and they were playing as professional players. So it was a good opportunity uh, for me to start. So for that then, what in your mind then, were you doing it just for the experience is good or do you think this will actually help me get a job down the road or like what, or just because you were interested? So like what was the motivation for you to volunteer your time? Um, the, the only motivation was um, was because it was the only link to medicine and a sport that I had at that time. So uh, it was I, I was I was quite young by, by that time. So n- n- not a special things, no familiar obligations, nothing like this to do. So I found the opportunity when that colleague of mine uh, said, do you want to help me there with the basketball team? And I said, okay, it's the it's the only option that I that I can apply uh, uh, between medicine and and sports and professional sports. So why not? Let's go. Yeah, and then so when you got the the role of Barcelona, looking at the the, the sort of the study in terms of that research perspective, how long did that last, and how did that what happened when you did that? I think I think that uh, this this one is the first year since then that I don't collaborate with them. <laughs> so th- this year I don't collaborate with Football Club Barcelona at all, uh, and this is the first year that I don't do that. Since then, every year I've been collaborating in some way with them. Some years uh, in the recent years, visiting players or assessing them in some cases of injuries and are. And the first year, just with research team, with uh, sort of research uh, issues and something like this. But this year is the first one I didn't collaborate. I I don't collaborate with them. Right. So how did that transition happen between doing the research to more in terms of treatment and assessment and and so on? Uh, (laughs) That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, I was, uh, as as you could see, I'm... I'm quite aware of doing congresses and doing educational speeches and all of that. And I started also with the ultrasound by that time. So I started to make courses around Spain in ultrasound scan and musculoskeletal pathology. And um, some of the guys coming, they were uh, more, most of them older than me, and they were friends or doctors from some specific players, uh, football players. And some of them started to send me the players when they struggled with some kind of injuries, just for me to assess them with ultrasound and see if I could see something different of what they say in the clubs or what they can they could see. And, and this is how it started. Very, very slowly, uh, just one doctor, one physiotherapist. Can you have a look to that player specifically? Because we don't know exactly what's going on there. 
And from there, one player tells another, and then another, and then another. And very slowly, you start building a mesh of, of players. And when you have a when you have with years a big mesh of players, then uh, the clubs prefer to be in contact directly uh, with you and not the players. So then the clubs start calling you. Can you can you help us in some kind of diagnosis uh, things and managing injuries? And, and then this is the progression. Yeah. So then so the ultrasound sounds like it was quite pivotal in what you were doing. How did you get involved with with diagnostic ultrasound imaging? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's another good question, because um, I, I started also uh, a master degree in uh, in orthopedic and traumatology in sports. And um, the first session of the master was ultrasound of muscles. So I paid a huge amount of money for that master. And I was going to Barcelona with my car to the first um, to the first weekend of formation of that master. And I was I was thinking, OK, ultrasound, really? Are you kidding me? So I pay that amount of money and 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 I start to with ultrasound in muscles. But then it appears that. Uh, uh, a guy whose name is Ramon Balius. It's a, it's a huge master in ultrasound scan, um, and 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 I see the light. And so I really saw the light. I said, "Oh, I really like muscles. I really like tendons. And now I can see what's going on in muscles and tendons with this. So I, I need to go through that. I didn't." I didn't know how to how to get a, a, a ultrasound device. I didn't know anything about ultrasound, but I said, okay, I, I need to go on that because because that that's very useful for muscle and tendon for sure. So um, I started from that. Uh, while I was in the hospital at night because we were interns uh, and when was on duty. Uh, 24 hours at night when there are no too many patients. Um, we had an ultrasound scan for the radiologist. If they saw you touching the ultrasound, probably they cut my hands off. Um, but at night there were no radiologists. <laughs> so I went to every day I was on duty, I went to the ultrasound uh, device and he started scanning everyone that was in the emergency room. So nurses, uh, other doctors, patients, if it was possible, familiars that I came, that I made them to come to the emergency room at 1 a.m. in the morning. So, <laughs> so all these things. And that was during one or two years. And when I thought uh, I had the quite knowledge, small knowledge of the normal anatomy in ultrasound and I was and I could identify that um, it was uh, I found an opportunity in a radiology center in Tarragona to start making ultrasound scans to real patients as a as a as a ultrasound sonographer. And, and this is how I started. So then how big was that within sports medicine with doctors? Was it all radiology led or was it was were there other people like you doing it? In, in Spain, in Spain, the radiologists historically um, don't like the MSK ultrasound. 
So at the beginning, it was as everything. They were fighting against everyone who wanted to touch an ultrasound device. But uh, now, nowadays, they are really aware. Uh, they are really happy, even that if you teach them how to how to scan and how to and how to use the ultrasound. So now we we use the ultrasound, sports medicine, and radiologists uh, indistinctly. Right. And then going back to when you started working with some of these players then that had been referred to you by the physio or the doctor, how did that like, take off? How You said it was slow, but how slow was it that you started to see people regularly? Um, it, took, it took several years. It took several years. But the first time one doctor called and I had that player was playing at that moment was playing for uh, Arsenal. Um, and I had that player. We are struggling with that uh, with that injury. Can you have a look at him? Yeah, and and I had a look at him. Uh, it was good. It it went good. So we 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 could we could manage that situation. And um, and then um, maybe it was one player a month during maybe one or two or two years one player a month, then it started two or three players a month. And then it was uh, it was a big, a big, a big boom. And it started to be almost every day like it is it is now. So, um, yeah, but at the beginning, it was quite slowly. But that doesn't that that, that didn't bother me so much because uh, I was I was working in my normal job. I was uh, publishing articles, I was scanning with ultrasound, I was doing more or less what I like at that moment. So if players came, that was perfect for me, very happy. Um, if they don't, I continue with my job. So, <laughs> so that, that was it. I, I, was, I, was not, I had no rush at all in, in being involved 24-7 with professional athletes themselves uh neither with clubs so i was just keep going with my job with my uh, educational sessions with my classes and all these things and 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 i lived it i lived that just just going on uh as a normal way mm. and so would you would, would they come and see you in a private setting or would you go to london for the arsenal player for example or how, how did that work at that moment or now because it's um, then <laughs> then then um then they came they came to visit me they came to visit me and uh in a in a clinic where i where i work uh they came to visit me there and we set an appointment and and that was it uh, and what was that like then so if you get in these world famous people coming into the clinic did that cause any issues in the clinic or with people speaking to them or how did that work um depend um first of all i have to say that i'm i'm very cautious so i'm very discreet in this so um rarely you're going to see me publishing some kind of photo of some kind of uh, uh maybe you have seen my twitter um i'm just have a, a fixed uh, image with me and kobe Bryant. but this is because <laughs> he passed away um and and I really had a relation with that guy, um, and and it's more like a tribute than than anything else. Um, 
but but you, I'm very discreet with this. Some when a player comes to me, we go through the back doors. Uh, I pass directly to my office, and probably no one in the clinic knows that a professional football player has come then, has come there. So, um, nor my my colleagues in the clinic, or the doctors, and all the things. So probably the, most of the times they don't know. That I'm just visiting a player in in that moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that'll be uh, that'll make you uh, popular for, for for not not showcasing those things. And then, so at what point did it happen where you were seeing maybe one or two patients per per month? At what point did it start to become thinking actually this could be a a job a job in itself? I, I had it quite clear. Um, <laughs> I have a high self-esteem. <laughs> Sorry to say that, but it's my opinion. And and I, I was thinking that um, if they continue coming, finally that that they realize that I'm I'm not going to keep the job. Uh, to I don't want to keep the job to any to anyone. I'm just going. I just want to help, and I can help them. So. I was thinking that it was just a matter of time. So um, I didn't have any kind of rush, but I was quite sure that that was that was the 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 right direction and and not pressing the players, not pushing teams to come to me, uh, nothing like nothing. So I'm just keep working. And when they come, try to help them, try to speak with the club, try to help the club. Everybody needs to be together because because if not, if the player came from backwards to from the club, this is a problem. So we, we need to manage all the situation, always go face to face. Nothing, nothing is strange. And, and I was really sure that uh, players are, were, were, are going to come more and more and more. I, I, I had it quite sure. Yeah. And then, so how long did that take then for it to become a real regular thing of however many a day or week or whatever? So uh, I think that I started um, regularly with players uh, 10 years ago to say something like this, more or less. Yeah. And that wasn't just from, from Barcelona then, that was from just a range of different clubs. Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, um, from Barcelona, it was the club that less players I visit. So right. I collaborate a lot in a lot of things with them during a lot of time, but the players didn't come from uh, Football Club Barcelona. Yeah. They came from, especially they came from the UK. Right. Okay. And was that main? Was that like around the Spanish players? Then was that was that the main yeah. link? Yeah, if you remember, by that time, more or less, it was uh, a lot of Spanish players and Spanish physiotherapists and Spanish doctors that came to the UK with teams. Um, and, and, and I think that this was a reason, because they know the physios and the doctors know me from here. So they moved there. A lot of Spanish players moved there. Some of them, they were visited by me previously. So they speak one to another, and and that's the and that's the main issue. Yeah, and then so were you involved with the national team then? Uh, in the in the England national team, you uh, Spain Spanish. No, 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 no. Yeah, just in terms of the individual clubs. 
And then you mentioned a couple of the other sports that you were involved with as well. So in terms of tennis, like when did that happen? That happened also a lot of a lot of time ago. I, I was normally working with the Royal Spanish Tennis Federation. Uh, then I leave it, but I continue as external assessor of this Royal Spanish Tennis Federation, not going there every week as I used to do. Um, but but I, I normally uh, work with them regularly, also with, with some of the professional uh, Spanish players. And also not a Spanish, because it's the same. You know uh, 10 professional tennis players, and uh, they, if you know how, they, how the ATP works, they are all together in the dressing room while waiting to play. So they know each other, they communicate, they speak very much one to each other. So <laughs> it's like a it's like a big meeting room. Um, and it's the same. They one told the other and then uh, I visit most of the uh, most of the ATP players. Yeah, I mean, yeah, tennis is a completely different sport, isn't it, to football, where it's very, very individual. But Spain has got, well, an amazing history of whether it's Nadal or, you know, there's always a real high level of player. But in terms of that, do you see much difference from the mindset of a tennis player to to, to the to the football players? Yes, completely, completely different. Um, as you said, tennis is an, an, an individual, an individual sport, but... Uh, it's much more, I don't know how to say it, I, I feel much more comfortable dealing with football players than with a tennis player. Because when you assess a tennis player in the consultation room, they enter the player and uh, six more people of his own team. So everybody has his own business to do and to speak there. So the manager wants him to go to the, uh, I don't know, Austin uh, Open because uh, he had some um, publicity or some uh, advertisements to be done there. Uh, the physiotherapist said that not to going to Austin because he's not ready to play. Uh, there is the physical trainer, there is, <laughs> there is the coach. So everybody, it, it's a very difficult world tennis. Every Everybody has his own small team, uh, especially the, 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 the great players, and dealing with all of them is much more than just medicine and than just assessing an injury or a, or a pathology or a problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can imagine the politics is, can play quite a big part in, in, in terms of what you've got there as well. And then how did it fit? How was it then when you were, you'd say you see someone from Arsenal and you see, people, you see players go to different specialists for it? How, what, what was the relationship like with the medical teams? Because, like, were they involved? Like, how, how, how did you speak to the medical teams of the club, say? Always. Always. I think it's. Um... It cannot be in any other way. So um, if a player comes to me by himself saying that the he doesn't want the club to know that he's coming to me, I prefer not to visit. Because we are, we are just about to lose everyone there. The player, the club and me. So... If we need to solve a problem, we need to go all together. If not, it's very, very difficult because we 
duplicate loads, we duplicate treatments, we can do things that uh, maybe the club doesn't want to be done. Um, it's very, very complicated. So I always speak with the medical team. I try to convince the player, uh, okay, let me speak. Um, uh, let me try to speak with the, with the medical team. And if he says, no, I don't want it, then I prefer not to visit. Yeah. Now, nowadays, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, absolutely. And did that happen? Did you have to do that sometimes where it was like, no, this, this, this isn't right for you? Yeah, yeah. N not recently, but in the last two or three years, I had to do that twice, twice or three times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can I cannot visit you because um, we're going to we're going to struggle here. Yeah, and then you, you mentioned you got involved in basketball as well, and you mentioned Kobe Bryant, obviously that incredible player. But how did that link come? Uh, if you remember, he he had a lot of problems with the Achilles tendon, and um, and he has a great relation with the city of Barcelona. He really liked it. And um, there was a physiotherapist uh, that worked in Barcelona and also was linked to the NBA system and who told him that uh, to pay a visit to come to Barcelona and have a visit with me, a consultation. And um, and I see him twice. Uh, yeah, tw two times, I think I visit him. But it was, uh, yeah, it, it was different. It, it's that, that that's why. I'm not so uh, mythoman, so I I don't take photos with players except that kind of players. So uh, and and he was different, yeah, he was really different. And he came yeah. to Barcelona just to visit to visit me two times. Right. So what was he like then as a person? Because you again one of the greatest athletes of all time, let alone basketball. Yeah, he was. He was a great guy, as all these kind of athletes. Uh, he was reserved, so it was not a it was not a happy guy. But but he was a great guy. Uh, uh, what 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 you heard about the Mamba mentality? It was his philosophy, his real philosophy. It was not a marketing issue. So he was really really a hard worker. Um, everything you told him to be done, it was done. So he never, never says no to anything if he if he believes in you. So uh, so that, that's why he impressed me so much. Mm. And then, so, so you've got all of these different things going on. Did you have a vision of that you wanted to be involved in football, tennis, basketball? Like, did you have a, you mentioned before, you, you had the confidence to think it would happen. But did you have a plan of, of of what you wanted your career and life to be like? No, no, not not in fact. Uh, I I I I knew for sure that this that this uh, was in the right direction. But I didn't. Um, I never. I never thought how I how I would manage that when it arrived. So now, now in the in the last five, six, seven years, I'm there, and I think I'm I'm managing quite good. <laughs> I'm managing quite good because um, I I only believe in the absolutely individualized and tailored methods for every player. So um, 
when a player or a club contacts me, I, I design a plan just for that player. So uh, if we need an MRI, I rent a place in a clinic where the MRIs are the best one for me. Uh, if we need another kind of test, I rent a place there and we go there to the player. And if we need different kind of test, uh, we move where the best specialist on every test are. And I go with the player, I discuss with the specialist, and then we sit down with the player and the medical staff and team and decide which is the best option to manage that. So I don't have a, a, a physical clinic for me. So I just rent the best, the best space for every case. Right. So that that's pretty much what your work is now, that you're just independent and you go and do that. Exactly. Mm. So roughly how many patients or athletes would you see then on a weekly basis? Um, personally, uh, personally, I can see three, four. Um, like uh, we are doing right now uh, in video conference with the player and the medical staff of the or the teams. It could be five or six every day. Right. So how was that then during COVID then? Is that something which expanded in terms of like the Teams calls like we're doing now or Zoom or whatever? Did that change the way that you were able to do things? Absolutely. It was a, it was a, a great game changer because uh, after, before COVID, I had to travel almost, uh, I had to travel almost uh, one one travel every two weeks to UK, for example. And that was a little bit crazy uh, because uh, I need to stop my activity here and then go there just to speak with the medical staff, the thing in, in the way we just do it right now, like uh, in a Zoom meeting. So uh, it was uh, hard expensive for the club because they pay me the, the, the travel expenses and all of this. and. Uh, and we do it right now exactly the same, and we speak about the same without need without need to travel, and this is a, a relief for everyone, I think, because yeah. if we can we can manage much better the time. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And then in terms of like your getting involved with the education of ultrasound, then so how has that grown? Because I've seen you like linked in with the the sports medicine ultrasound group, Chris and the, the, the Rob and the guys there. How did that link happen? They asked me. Um, I try to I try to answer to everyone that contacts me, uh, and 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 this is and this is quite another job because uh, between uh, Instagram, Twitter, mail, and all the things, uh, I receive dozens of mess direct message uh, every day, and I try to answer everyone. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot collaborate with everyone. But uh, but with Chris and and Rob and the smoke guys, uh, I know I knew Lorenzo uh, for a long time, and and he said me, uh, let's try to make some courses with them. They are good people. They teach very good and all these things. And and I and I collaborate with them. I went yeah. I went to London one time before the COVID. Uh, it was the only time that I could make a presential course with them. Uh, it was really good. Uh, 
and after that I collaborate with them in 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 online courses because it was not possible. Uh, let's see if they invite me another time. <laughs> I suppose I'm sure I'm sure we will be. <laughs> so and then in terms of like for, for your work then, so you say you're inundated with people contacting you and, and doing things. Like what do you see the future is for, for your business then? I don't know. I know that this this world is very uh, unstable. So um, now I'm I, we can say that now I'm a uh, tendency, but this could change the last uh, next year. So I keep continue with my with my work. I I have one day of consultation to amateur athletes in one clinic um, and I see 50, 60 patients uh, a day, amateur athletes, all of them. Uh, and I continue with that. I continue publishing. I continue with educational sessions. I continue with a lot of projects in research. And um, for now, my main activity, 90% is with professional sports teams. But uh, as I said, this came very happy for me, uh, but this can end next year. So this is very, very unstable. So we'll see. I, I don't know. I think it's going. Yeah. I think it's going to last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it seems to be. Certainly over here, we see the expansion of diagnostic ultrasound in elite sport is is, is really growing. And in well, in private clinics, MSK ultrasound is is massively exploding. Um, so yeah, you can definitely see there's there's going to be big demand in that area. And then in terms of some of the, you've mentioned some of the things that you've done, but are there any particular memorable bits of your career that you think, wow, this is, I, I can't believe that I'm involved in this. Any any real two or three things that you think of? Um, the, the first thing was, uh, I, I don't believe that, I, <laughs> that I'm involved in ultrasound scan, but uh, I, I could never imagine that I started with the sports medicine and I was recognized in the world of a sports medicine by scanning with ultrasound. So uh, I couldn't imagine that for sure, because as I said, uh, I wanted to that class thinking, oh my God, ultrasound, really? Uh, so I couldn't imagine that for sure, that's the first one. And the other one is that um, uh, I, I would be involved with a lot of teams in, for me, the best league in the world, which is the Premier League. So I uh, follow, uh, follow the Premier League for all my life. So uh, even when it was not easy to see all the matches, now I can, I can start seeing, watching matches in the TV at 1 p.m. and I can, I can finish at 10 p.m. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but 10 years ago, that was not possible. So I just watch matches, uh, not live uh, um, in some kind of videos and something like this. So I really like the Premier League since, since a lot of years. So I couldn't imagine that I've been involved with a lot of teams there and a lot of players uh, playing there. Yeah. And then when you're working with some of these teams as well, is like I'm, I'm really interested in that, the culture and what motivates people. Like, are there any things for, from your own perspective of culture? Like you've mentioned a few things about with, with the, how you treat the athletes. 
But what do you think are the other important things when you're working in this area beyond the, the medical aspects? What like the from a cultural perspective, what sort of qualities do you look for or do you abide by for yourself? Uh, but you, you're speaking about my qualities or the people's qualities? Bit, bit of both, really. So in terms of what are the, what are the important things for you? Um, and then also, I suppose, when you're when you're working in these areas, what are, the, what are the things that you see from other medical professionals which make them be successful within within their their, their roles? Com- confidence and respect. That's that's the main important thing. So uh, if you have the player confidence, you have it all. And if you respect all the opinions and you manage uh, the situation, even even that means that sometimes you have to do maybe what you are not thinking is the best option, okay? But you you need to respect that. So I think that these both characteristics are absolutely basic in everyone who um, who is involved in that world. And the other one for me is discretion. Um, you, you cannot publish yourself continuously because then you're selling something. Um, you, you don't need to sell. You just need to help. If you sell, you cannot help. You're just helping yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, I, I don't, I don't like people that is selling themselves continuously because they don't have to work. They don't have the time to work. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 good. I like that. And then in terms of your own professional development, again, outside of medicine, are there any particular books that you read or podcasts or people that you find help you? I really like uh, history. Um, I like history and I like art history. Uh, I have to to say that as medicine has a lot of uh, signatures and a lot of uh, credits to be done during the degree, uh, we had to choose for more than 80 credits. Credits, it's like 10 hours uh, of classes uh, here in Spain. I don't know if it's worked the same in, in the UK, um, but the whole medicine degree is uh, six, um, 600 credits, which is, which is a lot. And um, we need to choose that uh, 80 of uh, external uh, external classes and ex- external studies from the medicine degree, and I choose that in um, art history of religions. <laughs> so, so I did more than eighty, yeah, eighty credits, which is eighty hundred hours lectures uh, in history of the art of the different religions. So yeah, this is my hobby, <laughs> um, and I, I'm every time I can I read something about that. But unfortunately, I don't have so many time to read other things than articles and and textbooks of medicine. Yeah, is there anything that you could share with people about the history of art and religion? Uh, if they if they want if they come to Barcelona, for example. Um, don't don't go just to Sagrada Familia and Barcelona Cathedral 
There is a small cathedral in the Bourne district, which is Santa Maria del Mar, which for me is the best church I ever seen. And it's very small. It's it's located in a good place. Just go there and enjoy and enjoy yourself. <laughs> so what is that from an architectural standpoint that you think it's the best one? For me? Um, yeah, is, is, is that why you like that one? Because it, it it's architecturally impressive or is it because it's yeah, got some sort of significance? It's architecturally impressive and uh, it's beautiful. And yeah, yeah, I, I really like that. I'm, I'm in love with that, with that uh, basilic. Right, that's good. I'll definitely next time I'm there, I'll uh, I'll make sure I go and go and do that as well as go to the new camp. And then um, last question. So you've mentioned a couple of people, but who's been influential on you? Are there any particular people that you've not mentioned who've helped you with your career? There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people because you can you you cannot reach. Uh, that this place, if, if you can, if you can tell it that I'm reaching everything, but um, but without without help, you you cannot go just by yourself. Uh, I don't want to say names because I will left someone for sure, and and that's not fair enough. Uh, but there is a lot of people that help me, and and they are still helping me, uh, because um. Because sometimes uh, a club send an MRI to me, I have to look at the MRI. The case is very complex, so I double check, blinded that with other radiologists or other sports medicine specialists. So there are a lot of people helping me. So uh, it it won't be fair if I just say three names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fine. And then what would your advice be for people wanting to get into the area of sports medicine? What would what would your advice be? To be humble. To be humble, so you cannot finish your degree and start visiting professional football players from all around the world. So study a lot, work hard a lot, uh, and be uh, and be humble. Um, I think is the best is the best thing. Um, and then it's a little bit of luck. So you you need to be known uh, for your good job. For someone to say, "Hey, can you help me with that?" Um, and that needs a, a long period of good work. Brilliant. No, well, that is a great note to finish on. So, Carlos, I really appreciate you fitting me in today. I know you're very busy, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you for giving me the uh, the tip on that church as well. I'll look forward to to doing that, and um, I look forward to hopefully seeing you on a smug course over here, or maybe even in Barcelona. Yeah, I hope to. I hope to. It has been a, a real pleasure to speak with you. Uh, and yeah, any, anytime, anything you need. Muchas gracias. A ti. <laughs> Adios. Adios.